Once again, I'm not entirely sure how, how we start something uh, like this. Uh, hello, welcome to the podcast. We're um, uh, talking this week uh, about things uh, that have happened to us over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think we call this something like obstacles and, and setbacks because yeah. lots of things have happened and, and it's going to change uh, as a company how we're going to approach things. And um, yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in this episode. And look, if you're if you're trying to do this for yourself, or you're trying to do the similar sort of thing to us, then these are the sorts of things that you can run into as well. We'll see you after the yep. titles. Welcome to Murdering a Podcast: Two Writers' Journey to Produce a Narrative Murder Mystery. So, uh, last uh, week before last, wasn't it? We got a message from our bank. Yes. Um, we're uh, about was it two months now ago? Just about over two months now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because it was the twenty ninth of April. Because I remember the date. That is oddly, I actually remember that date. Yeah, yeah. And we're on the twenty ninth now. now, so it's two yeah. months to, to the day. Two months. To the um, we uh, yeah, my launch had just finished. I'd just come out of hospital. It's it's been a. <laughs> It's been a weird been a couple of months. Of yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the other director in, in, in the company had a phone call and um, performed the actions thinking it was the bank that uh, she was talking to. And it was a scam. Um, and uh, we lost, as a company, £7,000 sterling, yeah. uh, which was practically everything bar a little bit of money uh, in, in the account. Um, Tash, tell us what happened. Well, it started with a text message, did it not? Mm-hmm. Um, so Vadni got, um, Vadni is our other director. She is 72 years old and one of the most incredible people I've ever worked with. And she got a text message, having just been to a wedding, saying that she had been exposed to somebody who had COVID and needed to do a lateral flow test. Uh, she clicked on a link and it asked her for a couple of quid to for the postage. Now, she wasn't aware of the actual charges for the lateral flow test. I think it's over 100 quid now, isn't it? Um, it is, yes. I'm sure it's 100 and something at the moment, 111 yeah. or something, I think. Yeah. I might be wildly um, wrong, but, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a, something like over £100 for these lateral flow tests. And luckily, she was talking to a friend, um, did the did the payment without thinking, and as she was doing it, mentioned to a friend, and her friend went, no, that's a scam. So immediately she contacted the bank and told them that, the, that she'd got a phishing text. I don't know if those were the exact word, but she said it was a phishing text, it was a scam text. Um, and could she cancel the card? Now, the bank made no effort to warn her that this could result in an APP scam attempt uh, or to educate her on what an APP scam is, uh, particularly considering her age. It's, it's unrealistic to expect her to potentially know this information. I, and, I've got to say, someone, you know, I was a web designer for seven years. I've got a degree from a tech school in multimedia. Uh, mm. I wouldn't necessarily have known what an APP scam was. Um, I, well, I I, you, you sort of you see it and you go, oh, okay, yeah, all right. It's yeah. Sort of see what might be happening, but it, yeah, it's not quite as uh, as cut and dry as uh, it was. It was this sort of thing because you know it, it it's very so easy sophisticated. To fall for them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was the thing. Like, I worked for the banks for six years, and there was a couple of things that the, these these scammers did that, despite any doubts that I would have had, would have quite possibly just eliminated any doubt, and I would have probably done the same as, as the same as our our, our friend. Um, but again, it's that their, their job is to identify people with potential vulnerabilities to APP scams and educate them about it. Now, a 70-year-old woman who's just received a phishing text is a high priority, high risk for um, a potential attempt at an APP scam and a high risk for somebody who may very well um, get suckered into it. Um, so, But they did nothing of the sort. Of course, they didn't help her. Of course, they didn't do anything like that. So a couple of weeks later, when she'd forgotten about it, um, as you do, you, you you get these things, you you sort it out, you think it's over, you don't really think about it much. She then gets a phone call from uh, someone claiming to be from our bank. It was uh, somebody claiming to be from the fraud team. They'd managed to spoof or clone or, um, oh, what's it, what's the other word, copy the bank's number. So whatever the bank's number would normally show on your phone, it was showing up on a mobile phone. Um, she's got systems in place on her phone to protect her from potential scams. They didn't pick it up. So it was an incredibly sophisticated scam. She checked it on the website. She phoned the bank. Uh, there was a long hold. So once she confirmed it was the bank that, you know, and it said, welcome to Bleep Bank, um, you know, she thought, okay, well, that's fine. It must be my bank fraud team and you're told do what the fraud team tell you follow the instructions of your fraud team and if you don't then and you get done for fraud you are going to be responsible she was damned if she didn't damned if she didn't if it was a genuine call from our fraud team from the bank's fraud team and she didn't follow those instructions and we got defrauded then she would have been blamed but because she thought it was the the fraud team she followed the instructions she still got blamed um so she was she was damned if she did damned if she didn't so she confirmed it was you know as far as she needed to do that it was the bank she had a couple of other doubts but the scammers sort of convinced her otherwise they knew that she had more than one account they knew that she had um cards that had been uh cancelled and they they knew information that they shouldn't have known unless they were the bank uh they knew what the warning systems were going to say and they were able to say oh well it's going to say this and press this so she just thought nothing of it because you know the banks advertise that the scammers won't do any of these things they did all the things that the advertisers tell you that the scammers aren't going to do um did none of the things that they tell you that scammers are going to do you know scammers watch adverts too you know um so she she did what they told her. They asked her to transfer a small amount, about a thousand pounds at a time. Uh, we spotted that money was going out, and uh, Vadney said, "Well, you know, someone's trying to get access here. I'm we're, I'm moving it out." So she didn't what had, have what had happened at that point actually that she oh, said yes. to us that there was a because I, th I think we talked a couple of days before, and she said, "Oh, I've got to phone the bank because um, uh, uh, I think my my card's been compromised." So we we knew that, and then when she came back she the message that we had from her was please just trust me i've got i'm i'm on the phone with the bank yeah and so we didn't think there was a because you know why would you well i because i thought i thought that because i saw that the money was going out into a bank into her name and i thought oh okay she's just moving it into a personal account and then she'll move it back in and it's safe for later yeah that's what she's i obviously well. no yeah she's obviously something's going on but um she doesn't have time to tell us and she even said i don't have time to explain it so the the, Be the because she was right then talking with somebody on the phone who had utterly convinced her that, that uh, they were she had the bank. moments 
Yeah, and that she only had moments to spare before all yeah. of our money was rinsed out of the account. They were pro- piling the pressure on her. And they were saying things like, well, you can talk to your other directors, but if you uh, get end up without all, any of your money in your account, it's your own fault. you know." And it was all put back onto her and the pressure on her over and over again. So she was panicking in a blind panic, trying to get the money out so that nobody stole it. Um, you know, we, you know, she told us what we needed to know enough so that we were, we were comfortable, but obviously she didn't feel like she had the time because they were pressuring and pressuring and pressuring and pressuring her. So later, once all the money was out, or almost all the money out, she said, oh, when am I going to get access to it? And then they shouted, never, laughed at her and then hung up the phone. Uh, that's the bit that really upsets me most is that they, they laughed at her, um, mm. you know, but yeah. uh, so immediately she notified the bank, told them what was going on. They said, don't worry, we'll deal with it. And then she notified Action Fraud, who went, don't worry, we'll look into it. And then neither did anything. Um, I phoned up the receiving bank an hour later and got, uh, the implication was that the account hadn't been frozen at that point. We've now found out that the bank that we've used uh, has a two-hour window, a two-hour window, whereas the scammers are going to move your money out within 15 minutes. Yeah. It's the- yes. Firstly, they will move their money out very quickly, but just think about it like that. There are two hours after you have been scammed where the scammers can still get access to your money and there's nothing that you can do about it. And once and it's out of the holding account, then that's it's it. gone. It's gone. You're never going to see it again. Yeah. And this is actually against the APP code of conduct, which says no undue delays. So I would say up to two hours would would require an extenuating circumstances. I would expect them to be contacting them with an immediate cancellation or freezing of the account or have a system in place to be able to notify and freeze any accounts with any and, other banks. But and no- we've some, subsequently talked to somebody who uh, is uh, in the insurance industry, actually, but knows from... Um, working uh, in other areas that uh, that banks can freeze accounts very very quickly and that at least oh, yeah. certain banks uh, have the idea that you can uh, you know you should the freeze should be the first thing the easiest thing the most simplest thing to do and the then the unfreezing of the account should be the thing where there's checks and balances and waiting and yeah. just just to make sure that nothing untoward actually happens to protect you as much as possible Oh, my alarm's going off. Um, but I think the other thing as well is is the bank is supposed. Sorry, I've got to take my medication. But the bank is supposed to. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna hear me take medication like in this podcast now. Um, so the bank is supposed to provide you with a warning if the account isn't in the yes. same name as the as the thing. And we got none of that, or she got none of those. No warnings to say this bank this account isn't in the same name. Are you sure you want to do the transaction? Because she said if I'd have got that, I wouldn't have done the transaction. It would have alerted me. But the bank missed that; that they failed to do that. So we, we're trying to we're trying to figure out how how that happened. Um, the banks are being less than communicative, um, and so we put in all this complaint and we said, "Look, we want we want our money back." And under the APP code, they have to contact us within fifteen days and give us a decision. Um, the APP code of conduct also states that if the um, it was a sophisticated scam, such as the uh, number was spoofed, provided you at least Googled it and checked on the website, then you are guaranteed all of your money back without question. Um, Mm. And 
that's not what happened. I mean, that's a decision that can be made within 15 days. But no, they, they fan it about. This, um, they're supposed to have extenuating circumstances to extend it to 35 and must not go beyond 35 days without a firm deadline for when the decision is going to be made. I'm trying to remember all of this because I am the nerd. <laughs> um, and they didn't do any of that. So they gave us no communication. Their extenuating circumstances was someone didn't do their freaking job properly. Um and they kept going, oh, well, it's the other bank. It's the other bank. Yeah, they're just not, yeah, not getting back to it. So no communication, nothing. So fast forward, I tried to contact them several times. I tried to push to get some decisions. I explained to them that it was a sophisticated scam. I said, we should be getting that money back. I want the money back. We are guaranteed that money back. Give it back now, please. And then worry about your bits afterwards. It was quite polite, which is unusual for me. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Steve's laughing because he knows what I'm like. Um, <laughs> but, if you've been uh, listening to the other episodes of the mystery of uh, uh, murdering a podcast, you should know what Tash is like as well. That's yeah. I'm not. I'm not overly rude. I just I'm. I tend to be quite straight speaking. I, you know, direct, I try to be mindful and tactful. I'm direct. Yeah, I'm a very direct speaker. I, I am neurodiverse, so I don't have that sort of flowery. Um, you know, talk around the thing that I need to talk about. I will just tell you what it is. I try to be mindful and and and, and respectful when I'm talking to neurotypical people. I do forget sometimes, <laughs> but I do. You know, I'm used to dealing with neurodiverse people who prefer the direct communication style as well. So anyway, that's 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 me. Anyway, so I was actually polite, um, and it really pisses me off when I really make extra effort <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so. They um, they completely ignored me. They fobbed me off. They go, oh, it's the other banks. Well, we can't do anything. And didn't do anything. Promised phone calls that never happened. Notes that would never... And they didn't even make a note that they were going to phone me. Um, gave us no end date in sight. They just fobbed us off and fobbed us off. About a week before we actually got any uh, closure, Steve sent a very... Um, Strongly worded message because because you're you, I think you're about as polite as I am. Um, <laughs> I think we're both I, fairly I don't direct want people. To, yeah, I think we were both very direct in in that instance. But at this, yeah. you have to remember that at this point, the uh, th- they been, the basically had a, a, a responsibility to respond and to complete the request in fifteen days. Mm-hmm. And if they weren't going to do that, then they had the responsibility to tell us. That they, I mean, they, they then got up until 35 days if they need to extend it. But they then had the responsibility to tell us not only why they were extending it, to give us a, 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 a reason why it is not f- feasible for them to do it this time, but also to give us a deadline for them to actually complete the thing. Not only did that 15 days elapse, we weren't told when they were going to uh, get back to us. Uh, the 35 days had also had elapsed. Um, so, you know, th- this, I mean, it really is not in any way good customer service. No. Uh, and, and their excuse was some twat didn't do their job properly. That was pretty much it. Which, which is not, well, that was my interpretation I can't remember it, really. what the actual <laughs> term is that, they, that is in the APP code, but it's something, it's something like Extenuating a, um, circumstances. It is, ex- yes, extenuating circumstances, yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's more than that. It's, it's not just extenuating, but it's extenuating and uh, unforeseen. And, you know, it implies yeah, 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 yeah. A, a level of, of circumstance that is not just beyond the bank's control, but is, is, you know, so much of a problem as to to hold up a a, a a thing. Talking to another bank should just be part of the the, the process. Yeah. It shouldn't be that difficult. 
And if all. you're not getting responses within the first few, like the first week, if you've got a 15 day deadline, yeah. then you phone them. You don't just keep shooting off emails and, and that can be ignored and go, oh, I've done my job properly. I'm tapping yourself on the back, which is what they were doing. Yeah. So somebody didn't do their job properly, whether it was the receiving bank or the sending bank. I do not care, but because that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you made a you 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 made a, a very strongly worded would message. Um, a very and, stiff letter on cardboard. Yep, it was. Um, I was going to say it was on wood. It was that stiff. But then I realised that that would not be. That's uh, not. Yeah, that's not the sort of stiff that, that we want to see. Uh, yeah. The way it came, so <laughs> when that came out of my mouth, it didn't sound the same way as it was in my head. Um, it was slightly less <laughs> dirty in my head. Um, but yeah, so sent sent a very strongly worded letter. Week later, we got a response, an actual proper response, and I think you responded to that and went, "Nope, still not good enough. We want." It, it was still not good enough, though. It was a proper response, but it was still not good enough. Yeah. Um, but it was basically, oh, but we've been held up again. Yeah. The, it's it, not our it fault. It wasn't actually, yeah, it wasn't actually any conclusion to it. So you then went, yeah, no. <laughs> That's not how we play. That's not how we roll. Um, I think you gave them a good piece of your mind, told them, no, this is not acceptable realized that actually they'd been ignoring me for two months, but I'd been more more responsive with you in one message than they had when me the entire well, time. Well, even, even with me, I said, because I was going away, I went to Wales for a week. Um, and I I said, in the, I think it was the end of the week, it was like the Thursday or Friday that we sent that message. And I said, you've got seven business days to respond. Because that would have taken us up to the Monday when I was back from holiday. So I thought, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's fine. And we didn't think beyond that. But actually, that Monday was, I think that was the 35-day cutoff point as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it would, no, that was beyond the thirty. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that was, was actually, yeah. Because yeah, it was two days because, later, because it was 37 days that they, they actually gave us... Um, some kind of attempt at, at making us go away. Uh, yes, yeah. And that's, <laughs> I can't that say anything is, other than that. No, that's what it felt like, though, wasn't it? It wasn't. It didn't yeah. feel feel like a a resolution. It felt like a the blame game, you know. Um, yeah. So they blamed Avadni, gave us that, said all we can find, all we can be able to retrieve is a thousand pounds. So tough. We're not giving you the money back because it was her fault. She she mm. should have just like not done it. Like it's her own fault. She got caught by that scam. We do not engage in victim blaming in our business. We have a zero tolerance for that. So, you know, we have a policy of no employee will ever get fired or punished for getting scammed. It's just not going to happen. It will always be the scammer's fault. Um, and, yeah, we were not happy. So another strongly worded message went across. They ignored it that, ignored it, ignored that. Now, this is something I will say. Stoke-on-Trent Live, and I've got to give them so much kudos for this, they picked up the story. They were amazing. They were absolutely amazing, and they championed us, and they phoned us up, and a combination of Steve's message and them phoning them up, phoning up our bank and hammering them and going, you will do this, right? That money, we then they then went, oh, miraculously, we've also, we, we've, we've only been able to recover £6,000. It was a different person. Person. So they only managed to recover a thousand pounds in the first message, but now they've only managed to recover six thousand pounds miraculously. So we we have to, yeah. Well, we ha I haven't read this more than once, uh, and it's a very very long message, so I need to go yeah. over that again. And, and uh, but there was something that smelled a bit fishy. A, you know. Yeah, something do doesn't feel right about it at all. 
Um, yeah, they, they, they again blamed blamed Evadne going, well, you know, we did everything we could and uh, it's your fault, but we, we, we managed to find the money, so you're okay. Um, and we're like, yeah, that's, that's not how... But we've also asked for a subject access request for all our data files and they've ignored that, so that's going to be... Well, I, 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 have a, I have an update on that that's happened as we've been talking. I've had a personal message um, on, on my account um, which uh, says your personal data query... Um, and basically they're, they're saying because I made the request, they can give me details of me and nothing else, which I don't think is right. And we need to look into this. I don't think that is right at all. Um, uh, we would not be able to provide information regarding the business or any of the other directors. This yeah, they tried include, that with me. This would include the recording you requested, because there, because uh, Tash had made a phone call, um, and yeah, uh, business information. They were wrong <laughs> in the phone call. <laughs> business information, it says, is not included under GDPR, but I don't think that freedom of information subject access is necessarily purely a they, GDPR thing. Right. They tried that with me when I was trying to speak about the business, to phone them up to talk about the business. They were like, this is infam- data data protection. I went, yeah, that's bollocks. I studied the data protection code and I did my CMAP exams where I actually have to understand that fucking code. And no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My name is on the bank account, which means I have access to all of the data on the bank account. So you give me that information. Thank you. Which they then checked and went, oh, yeah, we have to tell, we, we, we can tell you the information. I was like, yeah, I know you can. Not only that, the, the, uh, there are exemptions for freedom of inf- information if somebody's request relates to another person's personal data. The public body will need to consider the fairness, lawfulness and necessity of disclosing such information. It doesn't say you can't. Yep. And crucially, so we'll be- crucially, when they've been responding to me, they've been responding to all of us. Yep. When they were responding to Evadne, they were responding to Evadne. Yeah, when they it's, were responding to me, they were responding to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 they saw you as the authority, Steve, I reckon, on the, on the account, but then they've also Little do gone, they know. I, yeah, because one of the things that in the complaint, um, they acknowledge that actually they should have been talking to all of us as directors of the of the, the mystery lounge. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah that we need to look over all of this stuff again and and formulate another response. And obviously, the time that we're using to deal with all of this stuff is now being taken up by having to deal with these the uh, these requests which are many and varied which are long-winded and uh, should shouldn't be put in in our, in our way at all yeah i'm I, so I, i'm yeah we i think we need to make a request for an inter, in, information access request or sorry a subject access request from all three of us and go we all want that data Mm. um i give permission to all both of my other directors for that information and just give each other permission to have access to it because then they can't argue with it um under the data protection act and gdpr 
we have right to that information. And mm. if we put in writing that we can, um, uh, we're giving each other permission to access that data, then they can't say no. They can try, but they, they won't win because then they can argue with me because if they want to argue with the data protection, <laughs> uh, and they'll yeah. lose that argument, yeah. I think. Um, as many people do lose the argument when they try to argue with a nerd who hyperfixates on random shit like law. Which is where we come to the thing that we actually had a long chat about yesterday with um, mm. a few other people that we've we've got involved. Uh, exciting we, things. Yes, we have decided that we're going to make a documentary about this, about yeah. our experience, about the experience of other people. If you know, in fact, we know that there are people out there because when we started looking into this, we realized how much of a big deal this is. Yeah. We realized how, how many people have been hurt by scams like this and that the checks and balances that are meant to be in place to help people when they are vulnerable and when they need that help are not being adhered to. They've been... No, go on. Go. I was going to say, and then on top of that, the, the the victims of these frauds are being re-traumatized by the people that are supposed to be protecting them, as mm. Mm. society seems to do um, to victims, and blamed for you know authorized push payment. It says in the sketch, they're like, oh well, you know, the whole point of the the the, the code of conduct is to say, well, the whole point of authorized push payment is they trick you into authorizing the payment, and the bank is yeah. saying, well, we're not paying you because we, you authorized the payment. It's like, but you're a member of that that scheme which yeah. is supposed to protect us and you're not protecting us and then they're re-traumatizing and re you know it's more traumatic dealing with the bank than it was when we found out we lost the money like we just I mean, went, honestly if yeah oh. if we if we'd lost the money and then it had been returned it would have been fine and everything would have been you know we wouldn't have had a, a problem at all but um yeah having to deal with the bank having as many blocks as possible put in your way at every single step Having messages mm -hmm. that are either ignored or uh, misread, uh, yeah, I don't want to. I, I want to be absolutely fair to people and not say that it was done deliberately. But there, it feels whether it is or not, it feels like it is as the person who has to then deal with that message. We've got having um, worked. Having Sorry, worked in the on. banks, they're very, very good at misinterpreting information or wording things in a way that avoids them ever getting blamed for anything. Yeah. So one of the things you're taught, and this is a little fun fact and a little secret of banks, when a bank representative gives you advice, listen for the words, this should, this may, because they're taught, you're taught as a bank representative, never say it will. Yeah, it won't. Yeah. It mm. might. It might not. So you're supposed to use um, vague language when dealing with customers if you are making promises. So if you go into the bank and say, "Will this scheme? Uh, will I lose money?" Well, you shouldn't. Will the will the uh, if you're getting a variable mortgage and y you know they say you say, "Well, what if the rates go up?" Oh, well, they shouldn't be going up. That they won't say they won't. They'll say they shouldn't. Oh, you should be okay. So you'll hear these these phrases and you're taught to use vague language so that you can't get sued. Um, and you're taught how to avoid getting sued. <laughs> um, and it's like, so and, I would and I suspect think this, this is, is the training. Problem. Yeah, that they are so worried about just not getting sued. The irony of, of all of this is that um, if they just been straight with us from the beginning and actually done their due diligence they would have realized that the, the case that we were putting forward is really about vulnerability and yeah. you know regardless of anything else um 
I've had any, uh, I, I, I always feel bad saying this, but it's, it I do, because she's such a smart person She as well. is, she is. But it, we were talking about this yesterday, that vulnerable doesn't necessarily mean incapable. Yeah. Vulnerable means that, that for a specific thing that has happened to you, you are, well, vulnerable to it. There's no better word to use. Yeah, you so, are more likely you know, to get caught out by it. There have been barristers there have been you know yeah. people who work in banks themselves there you know people from all walks of life who are otherwise incredibly intelligent you know perfectly sane normal people uh who have been scammed with these things before because they are sophisticated they don't just look at i mean like like we like tash explained earlier the the scam started off with a, a text message about the nhs why would you necessarily link that back with a bank now, yeah. you know, we have all we are all in a situation where we know if an email comes into us from a Nigerian prince saying that they've got several million <laughs> pounds, you know, we kind of know that it's not Eddie Murphy, it's a yep. scammer. Yeah. Um we're not prepared as a society to deal with a scam like this where the scammer is telling you exactly the same stuff that the bank would tell you if the actual bank phoned up and tried to talk to you. Yeah. And one of the things we did as well is we looked at the adverts that banks are, rele are receive releasing and you, Steve, found a, a, a recall recording of an actual scam, a you know, a scam that was happening. I, I There is a scam that is, is ha that's happening. There are two other reports from uh, news organisations. One of them was the BBC you know lo local bbc channel and things like that and and they're all it's so similar the things that they're doing but that scam recording was was quite it was scary really it, really. Real. it did yeah. but i think well it was real when you can when you compare well no as in it, it sounded like the real oh, bank. yes sorry yes it That's sounded like the bank. Yeah. but it's like when we compared what the banks are telling you that scammers will do versus what scammers actually do it's two very different things so the bank yeah. adverts are going a scammer would never ask you for this a scammer would never ask you for that a scammer would always do this a scammer will do that well that scammer clearly watched the fucking adverts and then <laughs> because that's exactly what they do yeah does he, they they did ex they didn't do anything that the bank told said in the advert that they would do they did all the yeah. things that the, the bank the bank said that they the the bank would do and didn't do the things that they said that scammers would do and they got it right every every step of the way in that recorded call of a scam it sounded like the bank and and, and think about it like this if you are trying to learn something and you try something and it doesn't work do you try that thing again and so that it doesn't work no you try something slightly different yeah and that's what scammers are doing as well if yeah. they, you know, all they need to hear from somebody is, ah, but you haven't said this to me because that's what the bank's meant to be saying to me. They now know to say that thing. It's, yeah, it's next, that next customer, they'll form. say that thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. next customer. Exactly. Um, so with, next, with our bank, part. and I know that other banks do this as, as well, we have a number. So if we phone the bank or if we contact the bank, we can give them that number and the bank know that we are it talking does. to them. And that's the only, and then when they phone us, we have to give them that number too as well, so that the bank know that we are that the people that the they're, people. Yeah. yeah. There is no other way of checking that it is the bank that is phoning you. And if, but this same system would seem to be a good way of doing that. Yeah. And when I challenged the bank over it, they said, well, yeah, well, you could just give us the number. I'm like, yeah, but if a scammer 
knows that you have that number. And all it takes is for one customer to say, you haven't asked for my code. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, again, that's all they, all they have to do is ask for it. They just say, can I have that code, please? And then they go, yeah. yes, that's correct. Because that's, because I can't see their screen. Um, no. No. So, But if there's another way, so when th- there is nothing and I've I've had this many times, and 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 I've and I've had banks get really shirty with me, where they phone me and gone, oh, this is your bank. Um, can you give us your first and third password? And I've gone, can I confirm that you're the bank? How do I know it's you? Well, it's the right number. Look on your phone. I'm like, how do I know it's you? <laughs> it's a withheld number on my phone. It I can't confirm. It. How do I know it's you? Give me some kind of security. Well, right. and then they'd get really angry. They're not angry angry but they get frustrated and get quite snarky with me and i'm like well i'm yeah. not i'm you know we're, but, like, we're but just trying this, to help you this exact situation shows why that would be a more sensible thing to do than believing the bank because again what you're what you're talking about is exactly what happened with evadne yeah. and ex- the exact thing that if you were just somebody from the bank and getting frustrated over somebody that, that has, that's led to this scam happening in the first place yeah, because that's the thing. So you know, and I, and I and I don't blame the bank operatives for getting frustrated because they're trying to do their job and they've not been trained clearly. Um, you know, and they're they're just trying to do their job, and in their head, they're trying to help you, and it's, they they're the ones that need to identify you and not the other way around because they don't think in the in the moment that that you know about the scams and, and stuff like yeah. that. And and I remember yeah. being in the call centre and having to phone customers and them doing that and them demanding that I identify myself and prove that I'm the bank and me getting frustrated with them. Mm. I recognise that I used to do that when I worked in the bank. So I mm. can completely understand customer service people getting frustrated when you're going, no, prove that you're you. But them having no way of doing that, but knowing that they have to make this phone call to, to do whatever it is with the customer. Mm. And then the customer is the one that ultimately pays the price because then when you do get a scammer, you don't ask the next time because you just got shouted at by your bank or you got shouted at by the electric company or you got shouted at by whichever company phoned you. So when yeah. the scammers phone, you don't ask them to identify themselves because last time you got shouted at and then you get in trouble because you didn't ask them to identify yourself. And you're like, I can't can't win (laughs) it's a circular problem isn't it It, yeah it's yeah and in many cases that you know that attitude is playing into the hands of the people who were doing the scamming in the first place and it's it's not it's not good but anyway like i said we've we've decided to to do a documentary about all of this um um, yesterday we sat down with um our favorite editor georgie who helped us out with the viral murders i am so looking forward to working with her again again. i know it's so great isn't it Um, (laughs) any opportunity georgie's a friend of mine anyway so it's it's lovely to have that kind of it feels like a family when we got together and uh, a lovely guy called ollie who is a um a filmmaker as well uh who really is gonna fit right in after just one meeting oh, you kind of know yeah. that that's gonna work like a glove with dinny yeah um yeah. like proper banter going on within minutes <laughs> of the call taking yeah. the and we were like we like you ollie <laughs> <laughs> you're our favorite person um you know he's 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 just as he's just as tapped in the head as we are i think and that's a compliment <laughs> by the way because like we love people who were just who just who would who are unique and individual and not afraid to be themselves and stuff. He's wonderful. He's amazing. I absolutely love him. I'm so looking forward to working with him and I'm really hoping that this will then forge a a long-term sort of documentary making sort of business 
friendship. Because this is one were. of the things that, that we, I, I hadn't even thought about it before. But Mystery Lounge is a community interest company, which means that we have in our Articles of Association um, a, a remit to do things that help the community. Yeah. And a documentary like this is something which, I mean, it, it really, I, I, I can't stress enough that it could be you tomorrow. And oh, in the yeah. time that we are talking right now, the Someone scammers get are getting more sophisticated. So yeah. if we say something right now on this this thing and you think, oh, I'd never fall for something like that, by the time they talk to you, they're going to be so much more sophisticated that you don't know what you're going to fall for because you don't know the lengths that they are going to in order to get people to give you give them their money. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing, like, even as we're recording this podcast, even as you're listening to this podcast, someone is getting scammed at this moment, mm. right now. As we speak, someone is getting scammed. More than one person is getting actively scammed. And earlier we mentioned vulnerable adults, and, and we, you know, we're saying vulnerability changes depending on the situation rather than depending on who you are. It's not just a case that you can point to somebody and say, "Oh, that person's disabled, so therefore they're vulnerable," because there are people yep. who are so switched on mentally who are still disabled that actually they might not fall into the category of vulnerability. However. However, those situations can change. And if you are somebody who in, in you know, your day-to-day -day work is the most switched on, the most intelligent person in the world, that doesn't mean that the, the people who are phoning you can't use a vulnerability that you have in order to get you to give, give them their money. And that makes you a vulnerable person. According yes. to the FTC, 53% of adults fall into that vulnerable cat category. 53%. Can be in the moment as well, um, yeah. like you said. Like you could be so switched on, but if they call you when you're busy. So one person that we've spoken to about it, um, she is incredibly bright. She's really intelligent. She, she never thought she'd fall for this. She got caught out because she happened to be busy that day, and she happened to be walking out the door, and it was near her birthday. And she got a DPD scam, or a PDP, or whatever. No DPD, DPD, um, DPD. delivery scam. DPD. Yeah, delivery scam. We yeah. say that. Post office scam. Um, yes. And she yes. fell for that because she was on her way out of the door and she was in such a rush and so panicked that particular day. I think she was running late or something that she became a vulnerable adult in that moment. She was a vulnerable adult and vulnerable to scam. Um, yeah. Well, there was a know, case of it, another another woman who was, I think she lost about £70,000. Mm. Um, and what had happened to her was she had a text message. So it was very similar to, to this, but not quite as sophisticated as, as this one, because like I said, the scammers move on and they move on very quickly. So she just got a text message that she thought was from her bank. And there was no way of knowing it wasn't from her bank because it came from the same number as her bank. So on her mobile phone, it dropped in as a text message under every other legitimate message that she got from her bank. And so when she responded to it, they were able to, to, to pull this scam. Because why would you think that that is not your bank? Yeah. That's the thing that you've got to remember. Why would you think that it's not um, who they say they are? Uh, and, and if there's no indication there, then, you know, you're going to be vulnerable to it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've just got a cat who's, who's determined to sit on my lap. Every, lap. every episode. Every, every episode. We get but the she's pussy being shot. cute. We do, but she's been very cute, and like she just trampled my kneecaps, and I was impressed not that I didn't go. Oh, 
I got I got a pour to the bladder this morning at, at, at 6 a.m., which was lovely. <laughs> um, and then I had to go to the toilet, which then they decided it was playtime. So even though I wasn't ready to get up for another two hours, they were like, no, mummy, let's play. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, oh, right, hold on. There we go. You You can get comfy. You get comfy, bub. There you go. Oh, no, you want to. Right, just move that leg. Put that leg there and you go in between my legs. There you go. Sorry. Having to organise the pussy when, you know, to be in between. My, no. That's... Um, pussy in between my legs. <sighs> Had to get that in. Right. We can't go an episode without an innuendo. You should know this by now. We can talk about the most serious subjects and we will find a way. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. We can't go her whole episode without focusing on Tashi's pussy. That is literally what you said. <laughs> it doesn't, wouldn't have even helped if I'd said Tabby, really, would it? It, no, just, it would, just, no, just would have made it worse, no, really. It would have made it worse. It would have made it worse. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, but she is such a good pussy. Uh, so right, anyway. Chickens. Um, <laughs> so that's what's happening to us at the moment. We're having to deal with this... We've got more work to have to, to do because I think that this is a really important thing that people need yeah. to be educated about uh, and 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 not just ignore because it, it's such a, a big thing dealing with these these scams. Scams have jumped dramatically since since COVID uh, happened yeah. because there's been all of these other text messages going along and people are relying more heavily on um, uh, things like two factor authentication, which is all you know a lot of it is text message based or phone based so it's another way that these scams can can uh, happen and uh, we want to tell the world about it because we don't want people to have to be in the situation that we are we were very very lucky in that our personal finances were not tied up with this if they had been mm. with the amount of money that we've gone we'd have that was it we would have, wouldn't have been able to survive yeah, so. we were we were lucky in that we were able to survive for the short term. I mean, if had again, mm. if it had they had we not had so, and I've got to give the credit to Stoke on Trent Live, uh, had they not got involved and had they not championed us, I don't think we would have got that money back for a lot longer. And, and, I think and it is great that media companies will will help, will champion people, especially you know the local ones will help champion local people. Oh yeah, but it should not be up to the fifth estate to do the basic job of the bank that, that you know that the bank signed up to do in the first place so yeah there we go Absolutely. Um, i think we should probably leave it there um they've probably had enough of us talking about this sort of thing but well i was just going to say like yeah. you know please keep an eye out for what we're going to be doing with re regards to the documentary we are going to be looking for people to interview yeah. um we're yeah. going to want to you know we're going to try and whittle it down to i think four or five people i think we said four or five or Five or six, I can't remember. We, I think we've been advised to say about four or five. So uh, Ollie, who we've been talking to, has made documentaries before and knows an awful lot more about putting them together than any of us do. Um, yeah. So we're relying a lot on, on what he's saying. We actually kind of have someone who knows what they're about. talking about. I know, it's, I mean, it's great, isn't it? Isn't it? It's isn't so it? good. Um, we're going to win all the awards. I'm we just are. Saying, we're just yeah. going to be we'll golden. Come back. Now. Come back next year. We'll have we'll have an Oscar. And, yeah, and like we'll that. be we'll be famous. Not not a, not a, an Academy Award. I mean, a hot dog. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we were, we are going to be looking for people to to interview if you have been scammed, particularly people who've tr- struggled with the bank to get their money back, where the bank has caused a l- more stress than the actual scam. Um, we're going to be looking to potentially fundraise. Um, there's going to be a lot that we're going to be doing. Um, and we want to focus on solutions as well. We don't want to just yeah. say, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. We want to try and find a solution that will work so that we can yes. actually change things. So again, in the comments, if you do have any viable solutions, any suggestions um, of what you know you think a bank could do, we've got our suggestions. Um, but if you've got any suggestions... But, as to but they what, won't fit that far up. So No. No. That's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, yeah, we'd love got, to hear from you if you if there's anything that you you know if even if you've or a relative has had something similar happen to them, drop us a line because yeah, the more information that we can get on this, then the better job we can do. Yeah, we want this to be a powerful documentary. We want to actually make change. We want to make effective change in the industry. That's the real goal of it all. Um, To to force the banks to take accountability because there was no accountability. Force the banks to just implement some really simple measures to actually protect customers, to actually adhere to these codes, make it easier for people to escalate, make it easier for people to get that money back um, and make it less stressful and less less traumatizing for people to deal with it after the scams happened because you know they should be dealing with customers with complete compassion empathy and kindness and we didn't get any of that mm. um they shouldn't be blaming the customers mm. they should be taking accountability like had they just gone yeah we didn't do these measures or yeah we'll give you the money back it's a non-fault even if they didn't want to take accountability and they just went it's is this is non-fault no one's fault we'll give you the money back we're okay with that but it's just not blaming the person who got scammed don't stop it <laughs> just stop um no. Education is one thing, but putting all of the responsibility onto the person who fell for a scam is exactly the sort of thing that the APP code was designed to stop happening, not to just facilitate the banks doing it more and easier. Absolutely. And and victim blaming, and as I've said, is unacceptable unacceptable for anything it is never the never ever the victim's fault um you know and that is a hill i'm prepared to die on you know <laughs> mm. um i will die on that freaking hill because <clears throat> victim blaming is a culture that we have in in, in the western world, in fact throughout the world um where we blame victims for all sorts of crimes you know instead of blaming the perpetrator for doing them in the fucking first place so excuse my language but this really does make me quite angry and we need to stop that and that's something that you know we want to change the perception of of what vulnerability means we want to change the perception of of uh, you know change the language for you know and stop victim blaming from big organizations we want to be able to make that change and and we're going to need people's help to do that because it's not uh, we've got a tiny voice but if we can get other people to speak up, if we can get other people to join those voices, one voice can make a difference. If hundreds, of, if you know, if there's hundreds of one voices or thousands of one voices, if that sentence makes any kind of sense, please tell me because I'll be impressed. Yes, it does absolutely. E- and if you've ever seen the Snoopy mu- musical, you'll know why. Uh, but that is it from the <laughs> podcast this yes, week. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I know it's not been what we normally do, but uh, stay tuned because next week we're going to be doing another one of our movies that we think we can make oh, better. Oh, we've got a or at least the first part he of it. He tortured we're recording me that next. with it. Tortured and- me. It was torture. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, you'll find yeah, out why when that. you listen to um, it. If you can help us at all, head over to murderingapodcast.com. You can find out all the details about everything, including yeah. show notes and links to things uh, in there. Uh, and as the documentary is being made and being put up, we've already bought a website. We've already chosen a name. And so we yeah. will be putting information on that website of how, pe- how we can help people. Uh, and we'll you know, and get what you can sign- do, what 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 people can do to protect themselves everything that we can Absolutely, think of yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to go on that website including of course uh any <laughs> any awards uh, that we want you to all to, of the awards we're going for all of them all of the awards the that's awards. what we want and yes. signposting yes. signposting to you know as much as we can uh, a friend of ours a lady called emmeline did a wonderful document we're going to we've got a copy of that we're going to try and get that on there somewhere uh, yeah. if, if we can find it again um i'm, I'm sure we've got it somewhere i'm sure we'll it. get that I'd, yeah I'd, we'll get that up there because yeah. it, it's, it's so it's such a valuable document and it really yeah. did make the difference for us so we've got to thank emmeline as well who's also very kindly offered to help out with our documentary because she's just a wonderful human being and that's who she is so you know because she's and, and well not only that i think the people who have been affected by this know how bad it is know how much worse mm. it is when the people who are meant to be on your side aren't and yeah want to help anyway that's it yeah. for this uh, show thanks ever so much for coming along we will see you next time Bye. goodbye Bye. that was murdering a podcast and if you'd like to find out more information about the podcast the mystery lounge or anything mentioned in the show please head over to murderingapodcast.com the music was the secret of tiki island by kevin mcleod and the producer was steve meller until next time thanks for listening